Golden State Warriors basketball. Shoots over Danny Green. Rainbow! Nothing but net! How did he do it? The fifth three-point shot of the night for Steph Curry. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Curry in transition, control break, great crossover, down the lane, scoop to the hoop, and it's good! Steph Curry with a beautiful move, drifting to his right, and the entire Warriors bench is up, Iguodala. With pass jumping down in front of him, finds Curry, guarded by Bradley, Curry's gonna wind it down, eight seconds, top of the key dribble, goes left off the screen by Lee, steps out on Humphreys, the jumper's on the way, it's good! Curry with 2.1 to go! Some of the great moments from Warriors guard Steph Curry over the first half of the season and the news coming out earlier today that Steph was voted in as a starting point guard for the Western Conference All-Star squad, which will play in New Orleans on February the 16th. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Roy, inviting you once again to have a seat around the roundtable, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Tonight, as always, we have a great show just for you. Now, coming up, moments after he heard the news, Warriors guard Steph Curry had a conversation with Lawrence Scott. And we will hear Steph's reaction about becoming an all-star for the first time in his career. But there was more news earlier in the day as Warriors guards Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, forwards Andre Iguodala, and David Lee are among a group of 28 players that were selected selected to the 2014-2016 USA Men's National Team Pool. Players who are a part of this pool are then eligible for selection for the USA national teams like the 2014 World Cup and if the U.S. qualifies, the 2016 Olympics. So congratulations to Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, and David Lee. Also on the tonight's show, the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday is one of the highlights of the season, and we will relive the thoughts and appreciation of the day and the man for members of this year's Warriors squad. We'll take your questions on Twitter for Warriors Vox, that's Warriors VOX, and we'll also learn there about the new Golden State Warriors, Jordan Crawford and Marshawn Brooks. In the second half of the show, Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report will stop by to talk about the first half of the season and what he thinks lies ahead. That's all upcoming this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, and a reminder that the Warriors in Cash Creek Casino Resort are teaming up to give away 25 prizes in 25 days. Tonight's prize is two free rounds of golf at the Cash Creek Yochadehe Golf Course, and it is a fine track. I've had a chance to play out there. Registration is free. Enter tonight at warriors.com slash 25 days, but you must be 21 years or older to enter. But as we start tonight's show, the Warriors have an all-star starter in guard Steph Curry, and he will join us next on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Lee wrestles away the rebound, leads the three on two, fights, Bogut running the floor, and he throws it down with two hands. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Well, the Warriors have new four- and six-game mini-plan to feature all the marquee matchups, including the upcoming appearances by Blake Griffin and the L.A. Clippers, along with LeBron James and the Miami Heat. So secure your seats tonight. Call one gsw hoop and press option number one. Well, Warriors guard Steph Curry becomes the first Golden State Warrior to start an All-Star game since Latrell Sprewell did it back in 1995. Now, Curry currently averaging 23.5 points a game. His assists are up at over two more a game than last year at 9.2. 4.6 rebounds a contest as well. 
as shooting 44% from the field, 38 outside the arc, and 86 from the line, which are actually down numbers for him. But there's no doubt that Steph has taken his game to a different level this year, and he is well-deserving to start the 2014 All-Star Game in New Orleans on February 16th. Now, right after he heard the news earlier today, he sat down with our own Lawrence Scott. Tipped by Iguodala Lee, one-hand push past to Curry for a dunk for Steph Curry. He slammed it down with two hands. Steph, for all of Dub Nation and the Warriors organization, congratulations. This is truly awesome. And when you think of what it means to have the fans recognize you this way, what does it say to you? It's an unbelievable um, you know, experience and feeling. Um, you, play, you work hard every summer to get, to get your game right for seasons, and you, you go through the ups and downs and um, bond together with your teammates, and obviously for one goal to win. And, um, you know, individual awards and accomplishments and that kind of thing uh, is a product of your team winning. So for all that to come together and now be in a situation where I get to start my first All-Star game, uh, it's a dream come true growing up around the game of basketball all my life and uh, looking forward to every minute of it. Over a million votes, the most votes for a guard in the Western Conference, and it's truly a full community effort, a full team effort, too, and head coach Mark Jackson creating this environment for everything to be where success like this can happen. Tell me about how the team and the coaching staff kind of will enjoy the success along with you here. Well, you take pride in, in you know, the accomplishments of your teammates. So, you know, any acknowledgement along the way, we obviously pump each other up and are proud of each other when, when good things happen. Uh, because we understand, you know, basketball is a team game and uh, you have to sacrifice for each other to, to for, you know, for the common goal of, of winning. And, you know, when I have, you know, Coach Jackson, who's put the most confidence in me and the responsibility, to, to do what I do on the floor, uh, as well as every single one of my teammates. Um, you know, he inspires us to, to keep playing and to, to get better. And it's when you win, you know, uh, people people will notice. And, and that's what it's all about. When you think of all of the All-Star Game experiences you've had, and go back to when you were a kid, very memorable video of you with your dad. It was in the three-point shooting contest. And now we always know the Curry family represents so strongly at all the big events and they're so strongly together with each other. But the moment you were able to share after you hear this announcement with your dad and knowing that everyone's going to be there with you, what does that represent? I, it's hard to put into words. I mean, uh, like you said, I grew up around the game and um, have I've seen that picture of sitting on his lap and with, with you know, one of my old coaches, Don Nelson, there. And so you kind of I, I understand you know what this means uh, for an NBA player and um, just reminds me you know, not to take it for granted and to just cherish every moment. When I called him on the phone, you could tell he does not not a guy that shows a lot of emotion, but uh, you could tell how proud he was of me. And um, you know, I've had a lot of people that have you know put time in to to help me along the way, and it's kind of you know it's for every single one of those persons. They know who they are, who've encouraged me, who've coached me, who've challenged me. Um, obviously, start with my dad and every coach that I've had along the way and friends and that kind of deal. So getting text messages from everybody that's uh, just you know, happy about the situation and I hope to represent everybody uh, the best way I know how. And when you get to New Orleans, I mean, you've been part of All-Star Experiences, Young Stars game, three-point shooting contest, but when you put on that All-Star jersey for the first time, can you even imagine what that sense of pride will be? I can't, man, I can't. Uh, I watch the games every year and to you know, hopefully 
just take a moment when I get in the locker room to just take it all in. It would be, be special for sure. Um, obviously, I know the names of other guys in the locker room and guys I probably looked up to before I got into the NBA and, and, and have watched you know, countless games of. So it'll be a rewarding experience and uh, looking forward to it. So once again, congratulations to Warriors guard Steph Curry. He'll start the 2014 All-Star Game in New Orleans. Coming up, I'll answer your questions on Twitter, Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X. But first, we'll take a look back at the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday and what it means to the Golden State Warriors. That after this timeout on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KBR 680, the sports leader. <laughs> Captain over Duncan. <laughs> Elevation sensation for Harrison Barnes. Golden State Warriors basketball. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. I, Tim Roy, and Warriors forward Andre Iguodala said something very interesting before the Martin Luther King Jr. game against Indiana. He talked about the fact that he doesn't really look forward to the day as much as others because he feels the message of Dr. King should be something we celebrate all year long. And I think that's a great idea to take the message of Dr. King and apply it every day, not just once a year. But we look back at that special holiday and the message of Dr. King and the impact it has had on many of us, including members of the Golden State Warriors. Today is not just a day with no school and for some, no work. It's a day to reflect on what America is all about. It's a day of celebration as we hear through the thoughts of the Golden State Warriors. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream. You know, regardless of your skin color, your uh, orient, sexual orientation, any anything that you know might be seen as, as odd or different about you, that, that it shouldn't be a crutch. That it could be something that defines who you are, and that you should embrace it. And you know, we shouldn't be as judgmental about about certain things. And you know, everybody should have you know opportunity to do whatever they want in this world and, and be able to achieve anything. My four little children. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. I'm a have watched this famous I Have a Dream speech. I actually performed it when I was in kindergarten. And I was like, you realize that all those things that he said, you know, they're now coming to pass. 
we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. It was just really inspiring to me just because um, here's this man who had such a vision for this country and just wanted to you know, pursue racial you know, equality and just wanted to just progress this nation as one. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring. From the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania, let freedom ring. From the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado, let freedom ring. From the curvaceous slopes of California, but not only that, let freedom ring. Let freedom ring from, from the Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from the Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city. I cannot count how many times I watch Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. I still get teary-eyed. I still get goosebumps. I say to him, mission accomplished, and thank you for everything. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Warriors basketball. Splash another one. Steph Curry from distance, his seventh three-pointer of the game. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Warriors Vox. Time to answer your questions on Warriors Vox. It's Warriors V-O-X on Twitter. We try to get to as many as we can. We have a couple of questions right off the bat. Diab wants to know the, about the Warriors always playing from behind, always playing a little catch-up. And, you know, you have a point. There's been a lot of games this year where the Warriors have had to work from behind all game long. That takes a lot of energy, and it's hard to overcome, especially when you're playing uh, some very good teams like Indiana on Monday night, the team with the best record in the league. It's something I think the starting five can solve with the way they play. They can establish the lead. And then, of course, you start talking a little bit about the bench. Now, Mark wants to know about the bench. Uh, are, is there a chance the Warriors bench will be getting better this year? And I think, you know, I, I think it will. And I think we'll find out more about that bench in just a moment uh, when you hear from Jordan Crawford and Marshawn Brooks. And SF Garrett wants to know about the status of Jermaine O'Neal and Festus Ezeli. Well, Jermaine is on the practice floor now, and that's a very good sign. I think there's been a couple of games, Oklahoma City and Indiana, where really showed that the Warriors needed that 
extra big man. They need that five to come off the bench and battle guys like Kendrick Perkins and Roy Hibbert. And I think getting Azili and O'Neal back eventually is really going to help Golden State as they head toward the playoffs. Uh, so Jermaine is practicing. So he's on the way back pretty soon. He says it's going to be sore for a while, but he's going to be able to play through that. Now, as far as Festus Azili goes, you can look at his status this way. Uh, he was operating on last year. Uh, they said it would take six to nine months for Festus to get back. Well, March would be nine months. So I think we're looking at somewhere over the next couple of months uh, hearing some good news about Festus Azili. And I think the Warriors miss him defensively with the way he can play the pick and roll. They miss his athleticism, his energy, and his ability to protect the basket. Thank you for all those questions. They're really good ones. Let's move on now and find out about the newest Golden State Warriors and maybe players that will uh, bring the Warriors out of the last spot in the league in terms of points scored off the bench. And they are Jordan Crawford and Marshawn that came over in the three-way trade between Miami and Boston that sent Tony Douglas to the Miami Heat. I had a chance to catch up with both of these players on the road, and we'll start the conversation with Jordan Crawford. Welcome to the Golden State Warriors. Oh, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how did you hear about the deal? Uh, Boston called me into the office and told me. And your initial reaction was? Golden State. I was kind of <laughs> like, yeah, it was cool, actually. When usually I got traded a couple times before, so but this time was a little different. They said Golden State, I actually thought about it. Like, you know, that's a nice fit. Then I thought about it, like, dang, I got traded. So that's it kind of went backwards that time. Well, the trade thing always has a flip side. You know, you get traded, but yeah. that means somebody else wants you. Yeah, definitely. You know, I appreciate Boston giving me the opportunity to play. You know, allowed you know, other teams to you know notice me. I'm thankful about you know, Golden State. You know, pick me up. What did you learn about your game this year, getting the starts for Boston? Uh, mainly thing I wanted to do was just stay consistent. You know, be consistent as possible. Even though we wasn't, you know, a great team. You know, they say, but and just wanted to be consistent as a player. Was this your best stretch? You think in your mind? Uh, in my mind, no. But you know, in other other people's, you know, they can say so. When you look at this Warriors club, where do you see yourself fitting in? Uh, just coming in, you know, providing a spark, keeping the same pace, you know, as the first unit, and just, you know, keeping, you know, the, the, you know, the fast pace going, getting everybody shots, and you know, just playing good basketball. Have you had a chance to talk with the coach Jackson yet? Uh, spoke to him. You know, he just wanted me, you know, be comfortable, play my game, and you know, and just told me, you know, he's thankful for having me, and I just told him thanks, you know, for bringing me in. Who uh, do you know on this roster? Uh, I mean, I've seen everybody. I know everybody, you know, game a little bit. I watch the play a lot. But personally, you know, Draymond, you know, kind of play on the same AU team. So t- tell me, uh, when you look at the lineup that has Curry and, and Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala and, and Lee and so on and so on, what, what do you see there and, and what do you like there? Uh, a lot of, you know, just great basketball players know how to play the game, high IQ, and just hard to, you know, guard pl- players that know how to play basketball. Boston's in a little bit of a different mode right now than the Warriors. What is, what's it like coming to a team that is contending and has a chance to go somewhere? Uh, it's big. You know, you want to, you know, you want to help them out any way you can. You know, you don't want to, you want to keep the what they got good going. You know, it was on like a 11-1 streak or something like that. So you want to come in, just you know, do whatever they, you know, ask of you. Was it weird to be traded to a team you had just seen? Yeah, it was because uh, me and Marshawn was walking down the, 
the streets in San Fran, we was like, man, it's, you know, the weather was great and all that. It was like, it's crazy to live here. And, you know, now that I'm here, it's, it's amazing. Well, the Western Conference is better weather, but longer trips. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I know I've been tired for like four days straight, two, three days, all these four-hour flights. Well, congratulations and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's switch the microphone to Marshawn Brooks, a second-team All-Rookie performer a couple of years ago with New Jersey. He has not seen a lot of time on the floor this year, so this is basically a three-month tryout and a chance to jumpstart his career. Here's my conversation with Marshawn Brooks. First of all, uh, welcome aboard. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell me your reaction. Uh, trade reactions are always interesting moments. What was it like for you? Oh, man, it was... Uh, it happened so fast, you know, it happened so fast, and I had to travel uh, shortly after it, so I didn't really have time to think. It hit me probably that next morning when I woke up and I was in San Francisco. I'm like, wow, now I'm really a part of the Golden State Warriors. But the reaction, um, initially, I was very excited, honestly, just because, you know, we had played them not too long ago here in, here in Oakland. And, uh, the fan base is great, number one, and uh, the system that they play in it just fits my style of play. No doubt that uh, Mark Jackson is a player's coach, and he gives the players a lot of latitude on the floor. What will that uh, translate for you? Uh, like I said, I just fit, I think the whole system just fits my style of play. For me to just be out, go out there and play freely, and, um, I would say that the strong part of my game is just creating for myself and others. You know, uh, so just going out there and being friendly. I mean, just being playing freely and be able to get some paint touches and just make things happen in my minutes. So it should be fun. It's interesting, too, because when you come to a team and you're trying to establish yourself, if you get some, some time with the, the front unit, you will have some looks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Everybody, uh, you know, so many possessions in the game playing Warriors basketball. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, I was just telling to the guys about how, you know, just playing against them, thinking from an opponent point of view. Uh, it's just tough playing against these guys because I would say about five minutes of a game, an opponent gets to playing their style of basketball, then you look up and you're down 10. Um, you know, did that running gun thing. They just, I mean, they have the perfect personnel to play that type of basketball. Is this kind of a, a chance for you to kind of restart your career? You had a great rookie year with, with the Nets and, and haven't had the kind of playing time you would have liked since then. Yeah, absolutely. I got to look at it that way. Um, you know, we're very deep at the guard position, but, you know, like I said, there's a lot of possessions and it's a great opportunity for me to just go out there and just go out there and play hard and, um, you know, just try to get my career back on track one possession at a time. What was it like? Uh, I know you had a quick stint down uh, with Maine in the, in the D-League. Does, does that help your confidence being able to get some time on the floor? Uh, Confidence-wise, I, I figure, like, I, I think I've always believed in my ability confidence-wise. It was just a uh, – I was a little out of shape and my timing was off. Um, I played a couple games with the Celtics where I just didn't feel comfortable dribbling. It just just didn't feel right. Not playing for a month and a half. That's probably the longest I've never played basketball in my life, you know, since I was a little kid. So uh, just going down there and getting some of the time in bat. I would say like my fourth and fifth game where you know, I felt probably the best. And I'm uh, out in Reno. Uh, and my conditioning wasn't nearly as good as I thought I was, just riding a bike and running sprints and for little practice time. I mean, you could do that all you want, but to actually simulate a game is pretty tough. And in your college career, you had sort of a second act in your college career. It got started a little bit late for you. You had a great junior year, great senior year, uh, hoping to do maybe the same thing here? Yeah, uh, man, I'm just excited to just be a part of such a, you know, such a great organization. Got a, like I said, they got a great fan base. Every game seems like a playoff game. Uh, 
I've been talking to the guys about that. That's one thing that, you know, they've been talking about a lot. Um, I'm going to love it here just because it's a great fan base. As well as, um, you know, like I said, just the style of play. If I could just have an opportunity, I feel like I'm an opportunity in a way of just, you know, turning some heads. Tell me uh, about the roster. Any friends or any, any people that you know? Oh, I know Clay. Me and Clay, we, we battled a lot going uh, we battled a lot during the draft process and things like that. Um, so I know Clay. I know that was during the workouts. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Obviously Jordan. And uh, you know, I'm just everybody else. I'm just trying to get you know accumulated with. Yeah, the one, the one, the one thing I think you'll find with, with this ball club too is, unlike other ball clubs, is, is that it, it it really is an unselfish team. The ball does move here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've seen that. Like I said, I've been playing against these guys for a couple of years now. I'm very impressed. Well, welcome aboard. Uh, Congratulations on becoming a Golden State Warrior. We look forward to watching you play. Thank you. Thanks for all your questions, and thanks to the newest Warriors for their contributions to this week's Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Now, Avita and the Warriors are offering one lucky fan the chance to win a Warriors road trip. This experience includes a trip for two to Detroit to the Palace in Auburn Hills to see the Warriors take on the Pistons. Registration is free. To enter for your chance to win, go to warriors.com slash Avita. As the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Left side, Bogut, touch pass to David Lee. Two-hand, rim-racker for Lee. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Well, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. I'm Tim Roy. We're talking with Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report. Howard, of course, has been covering the NBA for a number of years. Don't forget Warriors and Timberwolves tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at the pregame show as Golden State welcomes Kevin Love and the Wolves to Oracle for the first time this year. Uh, Howard, we're past the, the midway point of the season. Kind of rushed right by us. But, but I wanted to start with a guy that we've seen recently, and he has really uh, raised his game to an even higher level, and that's Kevin Durant. I mean, when the Warriors played him in Oklahoma City and he hung 54 on Golden State, there really wasn't much they could do. I mean, he was hitting shots with guys draped all over him. He is—he looks like he's really focused, and he's—he looks like he is uh, really in tune with what he has to do for the Thunder right now. Well, and the, the fact is, the timing is perfect, and probably not coincidental. This is, you know, this this really tough stretch they've got to get through without Russell Westbrook. So, I think we always knew Kevin Durant was capable of being a guy who. If you said, look, go get us 30 or 40 every night, we knew he had the talent to do it, but you know, Kevin Durant's never been that kind of selfish player who was just going to seek out shots or seek out a point total. That's just not his makeup. It's what makes him a great player and a great teammate. And you know, they have two guys who can do that with Durant and Westbrook, so it was never necessary. But with Westbrook's now you know, uh, out with that knee surgery again, and when, you know, they're, they're biding their time, you know, there were only two ways this could go. It was, you know, uh, you know, struggle for a while without him and hope to get back into the race um, for one of the top seeds once he's back. Or if you're Kevin Durant, put it all on your back and say, no, I, I got this. You know, we'll be fine. And, you know, it, it just shows how great he is that after, you know, years of it being, well, they play off each other. Is Durant great because of Westbrook? Is Westbrook great because of Durant? He's showing, no, look, <laughs> I, I, can, I can do this at any level I need to. And I think that's very, very clear during this streak he's been on, putting up 30, 40 a night, and, and that's 54 against the Warriors. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, too, because I think that what, what it also points out, you know, you talk about Westbrook and, and uh, you know, they have to get him back for, for the postseason. He has to be ready to go. 
because it you know in this league you really have to have you know two great players. You can't just have one. You know there's too many teams that have two or three really good players that can beat you. Um, you know, Indiana, they have really great players, I think, right now who we're just learning about. We're learning how good Paul George is on night in, you know, night out basis. But I think, you know, there's no question, even though as great as he is playing right now, to go deep into the playoffs and maybe get to a championship, they're going to have to have two. Well, yes, and it's a distinction that definitely we need to draw between the regular season and the playoffs. Um you know, Durant can do this right now, and it's great to see, and it's a lot of fun to watch. But, yes, um, if this team is going to be what we all thought they would be and, and what they're certainly hoping to be, which is Western Conference title contender, championship contender, it's going to require a healthy Westbrook. And, yeah, the, the, the cloud that's still hanging over the thunder and will for the next several weeks is when does Westbrook return? And what kind of shape will he be in when he returns? You know, can he go right back to being Russell Westbrook? Uh, because, as you point out, and you're right, they need both of those guys once the playoffs start. You know, the fortunate thing for them is they do still have plenty of time here. They, you know, Westbrook can take his time getting back and, and then getting back up to speed. But, yeah, the hope would be that by mid-April, both those guys are, you know, clicking uh, at a high level and in sync because, yeah, to get past – you know, whether it's the Clippers, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Warriors, um, or the Trailblazers, I mean, any of these teams, uh, I, yeah, you've got to be at full strength, and I agree with you. The, the championship contenders, generally speaking, you've got two great players. The Pacers are interesting because they're actually, in some ways, an exception to that rule that, you know, Paul George is the far, far and away, uh, you know, offensive star. Hibbert can bring it on certain nights, but he's not that classic, you know, go out and get us 20 a night, big fella, kind of player, but he's obviously an elite defender, and you've just got so many other great players there. Like, they're more of the ensemble model, but with, you know, a, an MVP-type candidate, uh, you know, at their core with, with Paul George. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report uh, joining us. We just saw Indiana, and I know they, they gave up a bunch of points uh, last night to Phoenix. But uh, to me, they're a great example of an entire team buying into what they need to do because they have so many good players. I mean, you come off the bench with a clever guy like Scola, who is, you know, he's on the downside of his career, but still uh, can get some things done. You got David West out there who is sacrificing shots the better the team. You have the that explosive spark with Stevenson. Uh, they're, they're just a, a great, great team. You know, they, they really know what they're doing out there. Yeah, and, and that's one of the like, – there's many things. There are a lot of virtues, I think, about the Indiana Pacers uh, that I love. One is that, you know, they built this team without ever just trying to become a lottery team. You know, they were never in, into the idea of, of tanking any of these, these past several years and building this cast. Everybody they've got was, you know, either a, a, a mid-round pick. I mean, Paul George was, what, uh, you know, 10th, I think. Uh, and everybody else is below that. You know, Hibbert was 17th, and Lance Stevenson was a second-round pick. Um you know they've 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 done it through trades. They've done it through all kinds of other ways, rather than just saying, "Well, we'll we'll just be lousy for a bunch of years and try to rack up lottery picks." So there's there's that aspect that I love. And yes, the way they built this team, a lot of of selfless players, whether they're stars, whether they're role guys, whether they're seemingly up and coming stars like Lance Stevenson seems to be right now, there doesn't seem to be any one guy there who who tries to make it all about himself um, ever. And they're completely in unison defensively, which has been their backbone for the last couple of years and, and then remains their greatest strength. Um, 
and, and it's you know that's one of the reasons why I, you know before the season started I picked Indiana as, as my favorite to go to the, to the finals. Um, I thought Miami would would pause, you know probably finally you know hit the wall with three straight finals runs that did, you know eventually was going to catch up to them. And right now it's looking that way. It may not hold up, but Miami is in a little bit of a lull right now. That said, they're still thirty and twelve and only three and a half games behind the Pacers. But um, you know Indiana's young and still very hungry, and you know they're going to obviously be chasing uh, or trying to hold on to that first spot in the East the rest of the way because they, this is a team that still feels like they have a lot to prove. So the Spurs, I saw Manu Ginobili's comments this week, and he was a little worried about the fact that their record against the elite teams in the league was not very good. Do you read anything into that at all? I mean, they're still the Spurs. They're still the Spurs. They're 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 the banged up Spurs right now. I mean, you know, Tony Parker's had some issues, and Kawhi Leonard just went out with you know broken bone in his hand, and Danny Green is out for right now. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's not the old guys, Ginobili and, and Duncan, who are the health concern right now. It's it's mostly the the younger guys. Um, but you know, look, what's been amazing about the Spurs over the last couple of years is, is it's like plug and play. You know, somebody goes down, they stick somebody else in there, and they play the same way no matter who's out there. And it's effective. And yeah, you know the talent matters, and you know you, you need the, your your best players, um, especially in the playoffs. But they can get through a regular season even banged up, uh, and they're still right there within a half game of the Thunder for first place in the Western Conference right now, despite everything. And the record against the elite teams, I can't remember where they're at now. I think it's eight and one, nine and one, or, so, or excuse me, one and eight, one and nine, something like that. You know, it's not insignificant. I think it is a warning sign, but again, when you get into a playoff series and you can scheme for a team and, and plan for them, and, and uh, you know, it, it's it's different. And the Thun, you know, excuse me, the Spurs do that as well as anyone, as, as well as anyone. And they, I think, as long as they have their cast healthy, they will still be as formidable as anyone come the postseason. And, and the West. You know, as you know, the West is brutal. Uh, you, you you could pick any team you wanted to right now among those you know top five or six, and I wouldn't be able to argue against it for for who should be the favorite. Right, it's it's it's, it's going to be a, a just a, a bear. The first round of the Western Conference playoffs. I think I think if you're an NBA fan, you should you should you should watch them all because they're going to. I think it's going to be great. Uh, so I'm going to give you another uh, job promotion. Congratulations on by the way on your working at the Bleacher Report. But I'm going to give you a new job. You're now general manager. Of the New York Knicks, what do you do? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's a job that anybody should be congratulated on getting. <laughs> um, uh, look, I, I wrote this a few weeks ago, and I, I believe it more than ever now. Uh, the Knicks need to blow this up. They need to hit that big plunger and just blow it up. Um, and this is not an indictment necessarily of Carmelo Anthony, although they have failed to get anywhere with him for the last few years. But I just think they've hit. A wall. Uh, the, you know, the direction they've gone in, in getting Carmelo Anthony, and you know, pairing him with Amari Stoudemire, and then getting Tyson Chandler, adding J.R. Smith, Felton. This group, it, it, it's it's never been that functional. They won 54 games last year. It was there were some fluky aspects to it. It was a down year in the East, and some things just broke right for them. Um, I didn't think it was sustainable. It obviously is not, and they've got a lot of problems. And, and the thing is. Carmelo Anthony can opt out this summer. There's no assurance that he stays. And even if he's going to, my problem with them going to the max to re-sign Carmelo Anthony for five years and $129 million is, one, they can't improve the roster around him until 2015. They have no cap room until for another year. So that means one more season with this same dysfunctional cast. And 
that's not good for the franchise. That's not good for Carmelo Anthony, who's going to turn 30 in a couple of months. Um, and if you if you lock him up, you're just locked into the same group for at least another season. They don't exactly have a lot of movable parts. The second concern is that whether Carmelo Anthony you know wants to leave or not, if you decide to you know look, we're going to we're going to bank on him staying. We're going to max him out again. We're him five years and 129 million. He's going to be making nearly 30 million in the last year of that deal. Nearly 30 million at age 34, 35, when he's not going to be an elite player anymore. And he'll be the, probably the highest paid player in the league. Um, you know, there's only one guy who's even making near that much right now, and that's Kobe Bryant. And I think you could argue that he's probably not worth $30 million right now. So um, I just don't think that's a sustainable model with one guy taking up 40 to 50% of your cap over the lifetime of his deal. I don't know that they have any, you know, there's no real assurance they can find that second star to get next to him by 2015 or 2016. And then the window just keeps shrinking as he's moving into his 30s. So. Um, if you trade him now, you might still get something of value for Carmelo Anthony. Trade Tyson Chandler. He could certainly bring you back something of value. The rest of them might be tough to move, but at least you could start to loosen up your salary cap situation, maybe get some first-round picks back after giving away picks for years, get some youth, and just find a more sustainable path rather than doing what they've always done, which is to keep trying to patch it up on the fly and keep throwing more money at it in the hope that it somehow gets better. Yeah, it's, it's 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 you know sometimes we've seen it with the Warriors. Sometimes the best you know decision is to take a step backwards and bring in some young talent and then go forward. And that, that's that's some of the, that's a decision. It's a hard decision to make in the NBA, and it's it, it's really a tough one. Hey, a final question for you. And we're uh, about a month away from saying goodbye to David Stern, who has been a tremendous commissioner. You know, he's he's ruffled some feathers along the way, but but I think he's done a, a great job with the NBA. What do you think his lasting uh, legacy will be? Boy, Tim, it's a great question. It's such a complicated one. Um, you know, I mean, not everybody sees David Stern the same way, obviously. Um, and, you know, there's so much that he's done for the league. The growth has been, you know, you know, just spectacular over the last, you know, 30 years. Going, uh, you know, moving, making the game international, promoting it internationally. Um in you know basketball becoming basically the second most popular sport worldwide after, after soccer, uh, he's just been a great, obviously ambassador for the game, and he's helped this league grow immensely, made a lot of people a lot of money, um, and you know I, I think you know when you're a, the CEO, you have to be judged as the CEO. Was he great for the business? Absolutely. Was he great for the game? It depends on one's perspective, I'm sure, and it might just depend on where you live. If you're you know a Seattle NBA fan. You probably don't think real highly of, of him as a businessman or as a basketball man. But, you know, on balance, obviously he's been, you know, uh, spectacular. Uh, you know, one of the greatest commissioners of all time. We, we say that all the time. It, it sounds like a, uh, a, a cliche or a throwaway line at this point, but it's true. But it's also a complicated legacy. You know, a, a lot of franchise movements, um, you know, some, some obvious, you know, uh, controversies that we could all tick off in terms of lockouts or Tim Donaghy. But, you know, on balance, David Stern deserves to, to go out, um, you know, mostly with tributes to, uh, to all the things he's done for the NBA and for basketball. Right. It's, it's really, you're right, it's a very complicated 
very complicated subject, and, and uh, there's going to be, I'm sure, over the next month or so, a lot of things written and said about David Stern. And you're, you're right. I think it, the, it's going to go all across the uh, the spectrum of ideas and, and uh, opinions. Howard, always great to, to, to catch up with you. Congratulations on the new gig, and, and uh, could please stay around the NBA another 20 years, will you please? <laughs> I will try. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Golden State Warriors basketball. Draymond goes to work with three, with two. Runner, right hand flip on the rim and down. Draymond Green. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time now for the upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. The Warriors are back in action tomorrow night as they take on the Minnesota Timberwolves and all everything power forward Kevin Love. Pack holding back to Ricky. Now Love in the mid post. Love, one dribble, up with a jump hook in the lane. Count it! 24 points, 12 rebounds, 5 dimes for Kevin Love tonight. Warriors and T-Wolves, 7 o'clock, the pregame show on KBR 680. It's an authentic Fan Friday, brought to you by Comcast Sportsnet. Sunday night, a 5.30 pregame, the 6 o'clock tip, as the Warriors welcome the red-hot Portland Trailblazers and the pride of Oakland, California, Damian Lillard. Lillard now dancing, a long three for the win. Got it! At the buzzer! He did it again! water in his veins, drains a three-pointer, a career-high eight three-pointer made, and the Blazers walk off the court a winner. Warriors and Blazers 530 with the pregame show on KBR 680 and the Golden State Warriors radio network. Another home game on Tuesday, part of a five-game homestand. The Warriors take on the very dangerous John Wall and the Washington Wizards. Wall, right wing, sets and shoots for three. It's there! John Wall, a three. 7 o'clock, the pregame show. Warriors and Wizards on KBR 680 and the Golden State Warriors radio network. You can buy your tickets online at warriors.com or call one triple gsw hoop I'm Tim Roy. It's going to wrap up tonight's show. I want to thank all of our guests for tonight's show, including the Warriors guard Steph Curry. And congratulations to Steph once again to start the 2014 All-Star Game in New Orleans. We want to thank Lauren Scott. Also, my thanks to Marshawn Brooks and Jordan Crawford for joining me as we found out about the newest Golden State Warriors. And my thanks to Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report to tell us what's going to happen in the second half of the season. For the producer who never says goodbye, R.C. Davis, for Warriors radio star Michael Leslie, and the Dave Feldhaus, who is always at the controls of KMBR 680, where Ray Woodson is awaiting your calls and comments at 808-KMBR. Dial them up right now. It's 808-KMBR for Ray Woodson. I'm Tim Roy saying goodnight from the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Don't forget Warriors and Wolves tomorrow night at 7 o'clock right here on KMBR 680 and the Golden State Warriors Radio Network. Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Iguodala. Right to Clay Thompson. Back to Iguodala. One dribble goes to the rim. And he scores with the right hand. For tickets, go to warriors.com. Or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.